fucking deep. Put it in deep. Getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks, he's getting pucks deep. Getting a lot of pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Wear them down. Get pucks in. Pucks in. Pucks in deep. Puck deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep, baby. Episode 14. <laughs> Intro of a lifetime right there. Um, in case you didn't hear, it's pucks in deep. And how about this little remix one more time? Check this out. Let's go. Put it in deep. Put it in deep. <laughs> now everybody, watch this. Watch this. Put it in deep. <laughs> That's unreal, right? Cherry teed us up beautifully. Cherry teed us up, man. It was the best. Uh, I don't know. It's like the best pucks in deep advertising I could imagine. I must have got three or four texts. I know you got some texts. Yeah, Twitter was lighting up. Did you check out the Pucks in Deep advertisement? Yeah, so I, I watched the clip, and the way you mixed that in, that that might have to be the permanent intro right I've there. I've been thinking about that. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I think that. we found it. I think maybe a little adjustment uh, here or there. I worked on it a little bit um, over the uh, last couple of days, and even up, even up until today. So it's pretty fun. I'm learning this program a little bit more. You can add tracks. I feel like that's super obvious. But we use Audacity uh, for those listening and wondering how we figure this shit out. It's basically just on my dusty old laptop that's questionable. Hanging in there. <laughs> it's questionable. It's, uh, but It's the Hainsy of our team. Yeah, it kind of works, yeah. <laughs> Kills off some penalties. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, it's Pucks in Deep. It's episode 14. We're back, and uh, Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko here uh, at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam. At Puck Pod on the uh, Twitter sphere, we got a lot to get to uh, today. Um, we were going to have some callers, but we had some scheduling conflicts. But we have guys lined up, so we're going to tee that up uh, pretty soon. And I don't want to, you know, go on record and make everyone excited about it. But I'm pretty sure, let's go, that we're going to have a nice World Junior Championships. Uh, segment next week with a caller who's just gung ho on prospects. This guy you got to tee up the uh, the World Juniors because that's yeah, that's my favorite time. About it's the most Christmas. wonderful, it's the yeah. most wonderful yeah. <laughs> time of the year. I'm off for the week. I'm gonna lock it into the couch. <laughs> it's the best. I'm gonna log some hours on Battlefield and watch some serious World Juniors. It's the best. We'll have to tee it up, get in the old squad, and have a rip. So. Um, yeah, anyway, as we said, we got a lot to get to. We're going to have a quick look at the standings. We got Sens, we got Flames, Blues, Flyers, Devils, uh, Capitals, um, U- UFAs, man. Like, we're dealing with all of it. So let's jump right in. Of course, we're going to have some Leaf talk probably in our second segment. It's a great time of year, man. Things are happening. Let's go. There seems to be a steady stream of stories to keep us fed good stories though like yeah. we're not like we're not begging for we're things. not reaching yeah we're not reaching and i mean sometimes i was actually just talking to one of my buddies who listens 
recently. I said, I almost wish that we'd have just a really fucking boring something. You know, a boring week or one story, one cool thing, so that we could kind of do whatever we wanted to. But, I mean, I guess it is what we do anyway. We kind of do whatever we want. It's not like we ever lack things to say on topics so yeah i don't think i'm sure we'd find our way through a slow news week no problem so where do you want to go first you want to have a quick look through these standings here well i i had them ready pulled up just as a point of reference because i keep having to remind myself of the teams that are where they are namely in the western conference where you you got to remind yourself that st louis is near the bottom of the standings right now i know um there was some interesting news about them that came out today and that's the fact that uh, the organization has made it known that Vladimir Tarasenko and Colton Perenko are available. So clearly they're looking at shaking things up, and we'll wait and see what happens, I guess, before we get too into the hypotheticals. But I don't really, my initial reaction is I don't really understand what direction that is. Um, they might be trying to get a first-round pick because I think they gave it up to Buffalo in the Correct. O'Reilly deal. Lottery protected. Yeah, thank, thankfully, the smart thing that, you know, hey, Pierre Dorian. <laughs> I know. It made me think of that. Like, why? Why did uh, – okay, well, we'll move on. We talked too much fucking senators <laughs> here anyway. We'll move on. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to stick with the Blues, let's, let's, let's roll. Um, it's strange to me, man. I agree with you. I don't know what direction the team is heading in. They're very similar to the Flyers, who, again, we're going to touch on in this episode. Like, we're touching on a couple teams with question marks over the organization. I mean, are you tearing down and going for for long-term future? Are you adding pieces and trying to turn it around starting next season? Like, the Blues already did make changes. Those are two teams, to me, that should be impatient at this point, because I mean, if they if they're gonna make a, a drastic change, it's it's looking like it's gonna be a little while down the road before they become competitive again. I, I, there's a bit of an aging core theme with both of those teams, but I see the uh, the what's in common between them in that they lack they the should be tending depth and they should be better and they should this should be better overall. I mean, you look at uh, uh, the Flyers for example and. They are the second worst goal. For, uh, they have the second worst goals for in the Eastern Conference right now. That's a team where I look at, especially their top six, and I expect them to score a lot more goals. Yeah, and I mean they're they're in the uh, the two divisions, you know that are that are kind of similar as well, being the Central and the Metro. I mean, we think about the way we used to talk about the Metro just a few seasons ago. Let's go. It was about the Metro putting five teams in and. The Atlantic might have, you know, their their two and try to push for a wild card. Yeah, and then in the Central as well, being one of the toughest divisions in the league. And so. it's amazing how those themes will change. Um, I'm obviously very disappointed with the Blues in that I'm a longtime Tarasenko keeper, and this is the worst start I've seen him have over yeah. that entire time. And I'm seeing him going on like four or five years. You're talking to a Jake him. Allen owner as well. Ooh. Yeah, not great. You know, I really like the... Uh, the standings that you've attached to our intro or whatever, our, our whatever, I'm, I don't even know what, our prep. Our prep, that's the word I'm looking for. The Sportsnet standings, they're pretty sweet. They uh, look good. I like this little last five thing that they have. For anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, there's like little dots, and they're blue if you won, and green. Again, or, sorry, red. 
give you a little window on how they've it's cool. Been yeah, lately. it's nice if you hover over one any one of those five dots, it actually shows you the the score and when the game was, and against who, obviously. So very cool. I think that's very cool. And I believe if I click on it right now, it'll take me to the game. Right to the box score or mm-hmm. something? It doesn't, so let's move on. Okay, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's still cool. It's still cool. But maybe a note to the editor or the guy that designs the web page. Let me go right to that game if I want. Come on. Yeah, I'm not sure what you do at I Fear the Blues at this point. Um, clearly, they would like to shake things up, and they got spanked a couple times on the weekend and on their Western Canada trip. So, you know, I, I was thinking they'd get, they, they would give it a little more time to try and get it going. But obviously, you know, the organization seems to think that t- they got to make some moves. So I mean, did you see that? Like, things are not going well for them, right, as we all know. And when it rains, it pours, as some people like to say. And wouldn't yeah, you Ovi, say— Yeah, Ovi let them up, right? Yeah. No, well, well yeah, and then Vancouver— Yes. Let them up. But I'm talking about the fact that when it's going wrong, it's going fucking wrong. They they dump the puck in. Bortuzzo, I feel maybe, dumps the puck in, goes off the referee right in the cup. Like right pretty much right in the dick. And I think that's why it went off the referee who was Tim Peel. I was actually watching the game. Goes off of Tim Peel and then into the net. Directly into the net. Like in between Luongo's pad and the post. Like they were talking about it today. You couldn't have like done that if you tried. Like if you gave the the sniper of all snipers left handed shot. Hey, shoot it off that ref's dick and no, but not. I just mean like (laughs) I just mean into the net. Yeah, forget the ref. Like just the the space from where. Yeah, yeah. from where the ref was standing. If you put the puck there and said, "Hey, shoot that in," just between Luongo's pads. Now, did Luongo think it wasn't going to count? Well, he yeah, like I mean, he was doing what obviously every Florida Panther in that in that moment would do, you know, arms up, hey, off the ref. Right. It doesn't count. And I, I didn't know that. Like, I thought I thought refs were in play. Yeah. And that anything off the ref counts. But I'm wrong, apparently, because they disallowed the goal. It was okay. directly off of Tim Peel's groinal region <laughs> and into the and into the net. And I mean, he was down. He was down for a while. If, if, if anyone's got time, you should look up that video because, I mean, I, no, no one likes to see anybody get hurt. But as we all know, groin shots are pretty funny. Always. Like, always, you know? Tell it's, me a time when it wasn't funny. Tell me a time when it wasn't funny. <laughs> even, when it's, even when it happens, happens to yourself, to you, yeah. it sucks, but it's funny. Yeah. And you laugh at it, and you're like, God damn it, this is the worst thing ever. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> a few of us, yeah. I'm sure every guy's been there. So, anyway, I, I wanted to bring that up just because... The poor St. Louis Blues, I mean, they can't get it rolling. Nothing's working. They fire one in. It goes off the referee and into the cage. Yeah, no, no that no. doesn't count either. And most people would assume, I think, most people would assume that that would count. Like, would would you have thought that that, that was counted? my initial reaction? Yeah, I counts. thought it counted. Yeah, it counts. I was looking at the highlight. I was I was looking up in the rule. I had the rule. I should have put it on the prep. It's like 617-2 or something like that. Like, it's under goals, obviously, under goals. Um, and goals that are allowed and that are disallowed. And it actually says right on there, directly off the referee and into the net shall not be allowed. So I think because people would lose their shit. Think of a if really count, big goal oh, going off the referee. People would lose their minds. That's when somebody hucks a full tall can at the ref, at the ref right? <laughs> the, the thing about that is, is I've seen some pretty – some pretty close plays where the referee was like 
you've seen them too, I'm sure, like on the back of the net kind of. Like he gets right in there, gets on top of the net, like yeah. stands on it. Well, one time I'm watching the game, whoever it was, the ref is like maybe six inches away from the from the, the, the right side post. Like if you're the goalie, the goalie's right side, the blocker side. He's right there. Like right there. And then someone banged like banged at it and it went off the goalie's pad and then it hit the ref right on the inside of the leg and stopped dead. Now luckily the goalie was the one who was able to reach over and grab it. But what if there's a guy standing there near the ref on the back post? Like, what is he supposed to do? Push the fucking ref yeah, out of the be, way? You'd be livid. <laughs> Get out of the oh, way, man. Seen, everyone's seen those plays too where someone uh, chips the puck down the boards, ref can't get out of the way, and he tips it out. Yeah. Right into the slot, and somebody just buries it. Yeah, those are tough. Obviously, just outside or just inside the blue line can 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 really cause issues as well. But I mean, when you're right by the net and shit, it's getting real. Like you gotta, I don't know, you gotta either be on the net or behind it, or just gotta get out of there. Can't happen. So at least we know that it doesn't count. Yeah, moving forward. So there's a lesson there. Uh, I guess we want to know why uh, Hackstall is still coaching in Philadelphia. Oh, there's Philly right there. Yeah, like I, I, I have no idea why. And we said in a few episodes prior, whenever we talked about the uh, change in the general manager's office, that he was a dead man walking. We figured. Yeah. Well, every coach is. I don't think. Oh uh, yeah. I don't. They all gonna get fired eventually. Yeah. Well, that's true too. But I mean, specifically speaking, when a new general manager comes, well, in. they always want to put in their yeah, guy. It's always that way. So I don't even know if we've ever had a time when a general. Well, first of all, general manager firings are usually not mid-season. Never. Let's let's, let's make sure that they're everyone's never. aware of that. Like yeah. they're they're never mid-season. So for it to be mid-season, okay. Now, like you said, let's go. The coach is obviously coming now. Because coaches are always mid-season, it seems. Like we would last year was an anomaly. We went, yeah, there, we typically went you'd see year. a coach get uh, get turfed instead of the GM. So yeah, I maybe they're just with the uh, they're going to take kind of stock of everything, take some time to evaluate everything with the with new management, and then I and think then before what? they start making their decisions, what's the and decision? It might, it might not be. Oh, I I would assume eventually he's gone. It's just a matter of when. Oh, sorry, I, I was talking about like organ like organizational. Oh no, like, I don't have the, a goddamn clue. Yeah, as, so, we, as we talked about as well, they're right in the middle of the road, like St. Louis is. Well, can't find their way out of that pack. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like there's no there's no consistency. Like they they have, I don't even know if they have that great of a top line, man. Like they, you know, they took JVR from us. I mean, that just goes to show you how much better the Leafs are than the Flyers in this example. Let's just use it as an example. No, like, no offense on the Flyers, not chirping them. I'm just saying, like, you get to look at the two organizations, you look at their depth, and you see a guy that the Leafs could have retained if they chose to. But they're like, eh, we're okay. And then he leaves, and now he's playing first line with Claude Giroux. Yeah, which he wasn't uh, in the early part of the season prior no. to his injury. I think they're just trying to shake things up there, and they're especially with their top six. I mean, they split uh, Giroux and Voracek up. It doesn't seem to me that Voracek drives a ton of offense on his own because most of the time when you're hearing about him or seeing him light it up, it's alongside Claude Giroux. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing decently uh, in his brief stint here on the second line. I got his last five, his last five up right now. Like he's ripping. He's got 17 shots in five games that. That's as, just as much as Giroux. Like, ideally, you would like to see those two guys play together, I think. In an ideal world, you have a second line that, that is clicking, 
and working offensively for you, and you have a fourth line that doesn't just get hemmed in their own zone all the time. Yeah, they've right? just got to shake it up and try and get get things going for them. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they start putting a lot more goals in the net. I mean, they were a high scoring team last year, but then the year previous they weren't. So they go through these up hot, and down, hot and cold yeah. streaks that are. Over well, the course of a season, well, I guess. The, the good news on, on Philly here is that uh, one of our callers that we were hopeful to have on today, he was he was excited to come on. He's uh, he, he's Rich, Rich Shapu. He does the uh, color, the color for the play-by-play, or the color on the broadcast with me on Lumber Kings. So he's, uh, it'll be fun to have him on. Like he, you see, he played last night, oh, t- yeah. Tuesday Night Hockey, yep. wearing the flyer, flyer color. So He's a big Flyers fan, and I, I I talk to him about about the Flyers often. So, um, we'll get a, a little bit need, of an insight. We need a point man. Well, at least he'll be able to talk to us about like maybe you know not. I don't want to talk all day about back in the day because he's older than us. So I don't want to <laughs> talk about back in the day. But what I'm saying is he's got a look. Yeah, he's got a look from the organizational point of view where he's been on board for for many years, and now there's like a big question mark. And I want to know what a real fan is feeling at this moment because it's pretty. It's got to be a pretty trying time right now. It's a little, little bit grim, and especially, I think, with a high expectation coming into the season, uh, you would expect most fans to be pretty disappointed, and we talked about that narrative of, uh, surrounding a lack of identity, uh, that, you know, whether or not that's old school thinking, it's hard to say, but you have a, a fan base that wants something, whether it's goals or it's, you know, hard-nosed hockey, you got to put a product on the ice. And I... I'm also reading, it might have been in 31 Thoughts, I think, about uh, the negotiations with Wayne Simmons, right? So I think that's ongoing, or at least they're attempting to rectify, because I guess the prior negotiations weren't great. So that's an interesting one right there, pending pending free agent, Wayne Simmons. You know, he's a guy that I'm surprised doesn't play in their top six. I look at the wingers, and you know they're they're giving Konechny a shot right now. I believe in the top six uh, instead of Simmons. Simmons, I know he features a little more prominently on the power play. I haven't watched them recently, so I can't really make a lot of remarks on on his play. But he's a guy to to me anyway who's always stood out when I've watched that team play and what he brings as a very well-rounded player, uh, scoring ability, uh, big body. Can you know adds a little bit of toughness and some grit. I feel like at this point, just looking at I'm looking at uh, Daily Faceoff right now, and you know checking out the they've got a lot of great information on there, like how much the player costs for uh, DraftKings and, mm-hmm. and FanDuel. So that's pretty cool. And then obviously they also give you a rating of how good that line is. So good for fantasy. That's DailyFaceoff.com. Um, Wayne Simmons, they've got him down on the third line, like third line. Uh, playing right now with uh, Nolan Patrick and Scott Lawton. Um, and then on the second power play unit, again with Nolan Patrick, this time Travis Konechny. So maybe he's just not maybe he's not doing it. I don't know. You're right. I don't watch as many games. I, I've seen a few games. I haven't like you know paid intently, paid attention intently to the Flyers games, but maybe he's just not bringing it this year. I don't know, but I feel like he's being underused on – a line three, like a R three assignment, and PP two. That was my initial thought when I yeah. saw that. Not fantastic. So, but anyway, we're we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll hook up with Rich, uh, you know, in in the future, maybe as soon as we can, or into the new year or something, and we'll see. Because Flyers for me, it's uh, 
it's not really beating a dead horse. Very interesting. Very franchise. interesting franchise right Very now. Very interesting franchise right now. So It'll be one to watch throughout the season. Um, where are you where are you going here? Are you going uh, Sens? Well, yeah, we. I was gonna go into that off the top, I guess, but just to throw out the news out there that uh, Bobby Ryan has injured himself he once did. again. He injured himself. He, he Bobby Ryan himself. He found a way to get injured. I did. Like he's straight up the Leafs loophole. I he is. He, he's an overpaid guy who can't even stay in your lineup. And I I'm starting to feel bad for him. Like I laughed for the first little bit just because you know haha send sort of thing. Right. But <laughs> I watched the last one where he just he straight up ran into uh, the guy in Montreal who was carrying the puck, smashed his face off his shoulder, and you know ends up with a conky. He. He was leaning like way down, and 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 his and his face was just like, oh here, like I don't know, it was so weird. You're right, he injured himself. Like it wasn't like, oh, he injured himself. He injured himself. Like, yeah, it was just really That's strange. A strange thing to see in a professional sport of any kind. It's just really strange because it's like he just kind of he hit the Montreal guy's shoulder with his with face. His face with yeah. his face. Like, yeah, if you haven't seen it, look it up. And at speed, you might laugh, but the Habs had the puck. Buddy, yeah, Buddy, Buddy had, had the puck. The puck. Yeah. It was he was trying to steal it. He was trying to yeah. poke, trying to poke check him and <laughs> smash his own face. So, really a shame. Bobby Ryan's out. Do we know if he was super injury prone when he played out in Anaheim? I think he's had a few. Okay, I like that's where I, I think it, that's it where it seems, started though. It seems that his tenure in Ottawa though has been just really plagued been, yeah. by injuries. And Duchesne is out. Yeah, so he's out for, I think he's a week, they say, with a groin injury. Here's but that's what, a weird one. You don't know how long that's going to be. Here's what I don't like. I'm reading the report, and I'm going to read this to you verbatim as as it reads. With Duchesne expected to miss week with a groin injury. Okay, then one more time. Expected to miss week with a groin injury. What I'm getting at is it is so vague. Is it miss a week or is it miss weeks oh somebody screwed up do you know what i'm getting at though (laughs) it's very important mistake that article does not make it clear very very important mistake (laughs) here um on sportsnet oh really the link you gave it's right there in the first paragraph i think they could uh so it's like they would have fixed that by now it's either it's either the letter a is missing and then that's great news or it's a letter s that's missing and it's terrible news because it's weeks (laughs) versus a week and the guy i'm playing in the pool right now i don't really care because it's weekly matchups right so duchene is out for a week i mean i don't like when players get injured and duchene is a very exciting player but when it comes to fantasy it's not the worst thing in the world to look across the board and see a couple guys on the dtd so um yeah i just thought that was really funny i was reading it earlier and i was like what does this mean? Maybe it's week to week. They say well, that sometimes. Like, miss week. Like, someone fix that. Like, put a <laughs> fucking letter in there. Anyways, but yeah, Duchesne out, um, Ryan out, Stone ripping. Yeah. I dropped him earlier. Ooh. Yeah, I dropped him. But, it was a bad drop. Wow. Really bad drop. I, yeah, total bad drop. Yeah, you shouldn't even admit that. Yeah, but you know what, Who though? Who does that? Yeah, but I have, I had... Great players, well, and must, I do, you must have a fantastic. I'm in team. first. <laughs> okay, I'm in first, and I didn't really know what to do, and I believe it was. But who I, did you pick up in his place? Well, I, no, someone came back from injury. 
Okay, so you dropped him. All right. I all right. dropped. Yeah, I just dropped him. It wasn't like. At oh. least you didn't pick him up for someone else and be. Yeah, like, no, it wasn't uh, like oh, free agent pickup, like whatever. You know, it was just like I, I had to, I had to get rid of somebody. And like to be honest with you, it was either between him and Aho to be dropped. And Aho at that time was not only ripping; he was doing better than Stone was. Stone has really picked it up. Okay, but Aho was doing. They're kind of opposite. Aho was off to, off to a great start, and then. And then kind of plateaued, and Stone was like, "Yeah, Ottawa, what are they?" And then all of a sudden, they were exciting to score lots of goals, and then Stone started ripping after I fucking drop them. Someone's got to score for them. But I ended up trading Aho and a third round pick for Tyler Sagan, so it was pretty. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, pretty sold good. high. Yeah, pretty good deal. Nice. So, moving on. Yeah. So, uh, what is going on with Corey Schneider? This guy used to be, and I would have told you this last year at this time that he was one of the top five goaltenders in the NHL. Every time I saw him play and mostly when the Leafs played, played them, but Holy crap, man, he would keep them in every single game. Very difficult. guy to score on one of those guys is very good numbers, goals against average. And so he, the reason why we're bringing him up is that he hasn't won since December 27th, 2017 last year. And at the time, at the time when he won that game, he was 17 and four. You're ripping. And finished the year 17 and 16, and eventually had lost his starting job to Keith Kincaid. 12 losses in a row in that season. So he's 0 5 and 1 now in this season. What happened? I, I know there was an injury at some point last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And it was coming back from injury yes. where he struggled. Like this season, like he was ready to go. Like he was coming back from his injury. It wasn't like he was back, you know, in uh, August or something. Like he was coming, he was rehabbing, and he was ready to go for this season. And it has not worked out well. Every time he's gotten into the cage, it's been not a good showing. And you know what I think it is, man? I think some of these goalies have been really affected whether it be, you know, physically, scientifically, because there's not enough padding, or mentally, but they've been really affected by the re- reduction in uh, in equipment. Goalie's such a weird position too, and Very I mean, mental. it could be a number of number of factors. Like we know that the shots and offense and everything like that is up, uh, just kind of as a result of that, changes think, but, in I, the game. Well, I think that's why. I think a, like a lot of that shit is up. The offense is up, generally speaking, because the goaltending is down. It's 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 a marriage. It goes hand in hand. If the goalies, let's say collectively, were having the year of their lives, all of them, I, I still don't know if you wouldn't see six goals a game. It's the just, goalies would make lots of great saves. Don't get me wrong. They'd make a ton of great saves, but they can't make every save. And they're coming off of a two-decade run where they owned the league save percentage was extremely high GAA was really down and there was what let's go 12 to 16 elite starters in the league with fucking great numbers and Mar- Marty now Rudner, there's only a couple that's the de- the dead puck era and that was New Jersey was the kind of quintessential team right, right. Um, based on the way they played the game and you know you see a lot of nights where Marty Brodeur is putting up 20 safe shutouts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like under 25 safe shutouts, yeah. and you'd have like maybe two of them in one week, and you're thinking, oh my God, two shutouts a week. Yeah, but he only saw 49 shots. There's got to be some teams get 49 shots in a game now. Yeah, there's got to be more to it, I think, for Snyder, just because the yeah. the difference in performance is so drastic from where he was. 
Whereas the guy who, like I said, I considered to be a top five starter in the game. Well, many to be people. not a starter. Yeah. Right? You know what was really funny, too? I was watching the game because I have John Gibson for Anaheim. And I didn't know this until I got a tweet. But Miller had to come out of the game. And then Anaheim, <clears throat> excuse me, Anaheim is, is, is coming back. They're scoring it, tie the game. Right? Oh, my God, dude. That was that game where the guy bat. Devils scored three own goals that game yeah i heard that okay you should watch them because the game tying goal that gets credited to andre kasha he didn't even touch it he it it was like it was like three two or three seconds after he touched it it went way up in the air and uh severson i believe for the devils left-handed player goes to bat it over the net but he bats it into the net directly into the net directly into the net man like what are you doing that's a tough go what are you doing like so he's a left-handed player imagine this people as you're trying to listen he's to the left of the goaltender he's left-handed well they know what they tell you now he's slashing the puck towards his own net you gotta be backhanding that they tell you too as well most times to use your hand use something else to knock the puck down it should have been left hand instead of swatting at the puck where you A might high stick it or B in and around your net inadvertently put it in your net that one was really, really bad. So that just goes to show you like the kind of luck the guy might be getting here because he was in line for a win. And I'm going to get around to my Gibson point here. Um, he was in line for a win. They score three own goals, one of them coming late to tie the game. Gibson comes off the fucking bench, makes like six saves, and then competes in the shootout and wins. Wow. So Schneider can't get a win in 360 days or 355 days. He can't get a win. And Gibson sitting on the bench eating Cheetos comes in for six saves and then a shootout and gets the win. Maybe that's no what big deal. Schneider needs to try coming like, in for, for six poor, stops. Poor guy, that's man. That's a rough go. I was pumped about so that. So New Jersey win. playoffs or no? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. I think Taylor Hall, obviously phenomenal player. Um, I just don't know if he's able to put the team on his back again. Yeah, he would have to drag them in again. Yeah. And, and Nico Hischier again, maybe another year of seasoning for the young for the young player, the young Switzerland yeah. Switz player. I would still put them as an up and coming type team, and it's it's still to still remains to be seen for them and a little more development. And I would I mind. think they're heading in the right direction. That's for sure. I wouldn't mind seeing them make it though. I mean, they represent. I get my name represented by the Devils. Yeah, Blake Coleman. Fucking beauty. You love that guy. He drinks pickle juice just like I do. Yeah, that's... It's a Coleman thing. That's obscene. <laughs> I don't know what to tell that's you, man. so weird. <laughs> They're fucking right here. I'm, there's my fridge right there. Look at the pickles in the bottom. Pickles in the back. Pickles in the door. <laughs> pickles everywhere, bud. I love it. I love a good pickle. Yeah, fucking right. Yo, uh, how about... Uh, so, everyone's going on about, you know, a lot of the young stars in the game and how they're putting up crazy goals and points McKinnon's and point Skinner right but who's leading the NHL in goals right now as we speak it's Alexander Ovechkin he's the best he's the best I mean he doesn't he doesn't even he's not even thinking about slowing down well it begs the question is Wayne's record in jeopardy I don't know if it's in jeopardy oh I wouldn't say that yet but yeah but I, I looked at the pace and I think he needs to score 40. 37 goals 
over six years to do it. Well, Is correct. Right? Cause it, yeah, because yeah. for me it was over six years, and he's thirty three right now. So it's not like it's it's completely feasible. That's the cool part about it. But here's it. the thing, he, okay, knock on wood, no injuries. Okay, I people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, fucking hate Ovi and all this shit. I don't have a hate bone. I don't have a hate bone. Like there's some players that I'd love to see the guy get like beat up in a fight or something, but I don't want players to get injured. I'm not that guy. I hate this player. I hope he gets injured. Like, go fuck yourself. Don't do that. Don't wish injury upon professional players. It's how they make their living. That's so mean. Anyways, Ovi, sure, I started off, I liked Crosby. Of course, I still like Crosby. If you gave me a pick, I want Crosby. But Ovi, baby. I mean, the guy is just scoring all the time. All he does is score. And I think at this point, the record is not only in jeopardy, I think it's likely to be broken because there's no... There's nothing that shows me that Ovi isn't going to be playing at 40. Yeah, you look at it. It's interesting because the criticism for... He received a lot of criticism over the years because of his physical play. A lot of people saying, oh, he's not going to last. If he plays like that, he can't keep that up. I was one of those people. But the way the NHL has evolved over his tenure, I mean, he scored in the dead puck era, the hooking and holding era, and the rules have only continued to evolve That's what, in his yeah, favor. Exactly. So if anything, goal scoring is going to get easier for this guy. Exactly. And it probably has because yep. where guys usually taper off into their late 20s and early 30s, Ovi has not slowed down one bit when it comes to goal, sto- goal scoring. Yep, 30 is the number. And he's always had a very strong supporting cast, you know, guys like Nick Bast- Backstrom feeding him the puck all the time. But it's not... It's not unrealistic to say that he could beat the record. And I think regardless of whether he does it or not, you have to say that he's he's got to be the best goal scorer of all time. So uh, just because it'll only take like probably 10 seconds, just numbers in a row since he joined the league, goals per year, 52, 46, 65, 56, 50, 32, 38. Everyone thought he was terrible. Lockout year, 32, He's back. 51, 53, 50, 33, he sucks. 49. <laughs> like the guy just rips. When he sucks, he's scoring north of 30. And he yeah. sucks. When, so well, let's when talk about. Well, that's when people were like, oh, is Casey tapering off? Like, is he yeah. slowing down? Because he's got 30 some goals. No, like, he's that, not. That one was the, the lockout shortened season where he had 30 some goals, right? An average shooting percentage of 12.6. Over the course of his career, he's shooting at 21.6 this year. Wow. So that's over double. So that's not uh, sustainable. His next highest in a season was 14.6. So let's let's consider that, right? Like he's obviously off to a great start. He's probably picking his shots a little bit better maybe. But my point is I couldn't agree with you more. The league is headed towards give us more goals. And what's going to happen by the end of it is Ovechkin is going to be 38 in five years from now. Still sitting at the top of the circle. Yeah. Ripping bombs. And at the absolute worst, I feel like he'll probably get 27 goals. (laughs) So what's the problem? I mean, he can do it. 
he can do it, man. Like he's well, Patrick Marleau. I, can I'm score over him. 20 goals last season at age 37 or 38, there, whatever. There's I a, didn't even realize that I made that. I, point, I would but think that, that Ovechkin <laughs> at that age can score 20 plus in his sleep. 20, so. He got yeah, that's right. Marleau got 27 two years in a row, and if yeah. you remember. The last year, Carey Price gave him an empty netter by accident with like four seconds left. Yeah. To make it 27, <laughs> he tied his career high. And you know what? There was probably some bets lost on that goal. I bet you Marlowe doesn't score 27. I bet you he does. Bet you 100 bucks. <laughs> Sounds good. You're on. And then Carey Price whips on it and gives him an empty netter for a $100 bet. I guarantee you someone made a bet on Marlowe because I yeah. had a lot of conversations with people who were some were really unhappy with the signing. And Marlowe's an all-time goal scorer, but yeah. He's no Ovechkin. That People is for worried sure. about worried about that third year for Patrick Marlowe, but to be honest for me, I still feel like in that third year he's going to be fine. That third year is of course next year. How much worse is Patrick Marlowe going to be next year than, than right he is now? right now? I don't know cuz he Is it going to be all of a sudden a, a new player? No. But he's definitely fallen off quite a bit from what he was and that's a whole nother thing that yeah we, I hear you, but like really into. though how much are you complaining about the guy like uh, not not overly not overly that's what I mean like it's not you know anyway well let's let let's get into that later on Leaf Hour my thing is Ovi's gonna break the record did we even tell the listeners what he what what he needs was eight hundred and some goals I can't remember so while you look that up let me give the listeners this stat because I found this stat incredible. The next closest guy. This is among active. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Of course. The, yeah. The next active goal scoring player closest to Ovi in the chase for Wayne is Sidney Crosby. Okay. So some might be like, yeah, well, that's obvious. Well, he's 206 goals behind Ovi. So it's a one-horse race. <laughs> like, it's a one-horse race. Unless Jack Hughes is drafted and scores 60 goals a year for the next, like, however long, <laughs> eight years, then I, I don't think it's in jeopardy. I think we are we are seeing our one shot at breaking this record as we speak, and I think that's really cool as a 30-some-year-old fan, right? Like, anyone that's listening from the ages of 20, you know, early 20s to to let's say late forties, early fifties, like that's a really cool generation to be a part of, to see this OV thing going on while you're a big fan of the game. And I am a big fan of the game and I'm a big fan of sweet goals. And so, Ovechkin brings me a lot of those, baby. So Wayne's got 894. Okay. So that's what OV needs to so, break it. And what's OV sitting at right now? OV all time. 632. 632. Yeah. There you go. So not impossible. Be interesting to watch and, it is. No, going to I be wish him all the best. He was a guy that I was very happy to see win the Stanley Cup last year. I mean, I always watch the Cup presentation, the finals, even if I don't watch a lot of later on the playoffs. It's going to be summer, all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But man, I, I love seeing the emotion and the celebration, and of course, we got to see all we celebrating all damn summer. But, <laughs> yeah. but I, I love watching that whole thing and to see a guy who who has given so much to the game over the years to finally win sports biggest trophy. Yeah, I agree. Very cool moment. Yeah, I agree. I think in my younger years, in my younger, less mature uh, years, I would have been like, fuck Ovi. Fucking, you know? No, no, stop. 
Don't do that anymore. Don't be me from back in the day. It's mean. It's rude. It's no uh, some fun. Some people still have an irrational hate on for him. And it's no fun. It's the, it's the Russian thing. It's the Crosby versus Ovechkin thing that you you cited earlier. It is a sports thing, though, I guess. Eh? Man, this hockey reference is a fucking sick site. Did you know that you can like highlight several years and then the site will tell you the statistics in those years? I did not know that. Yeah, I just hi- I didn't even do it on purpose. I highlighted by accident from 06 to to 09 and then an extra little box came up and gave me all the totals and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. For those years. Wow. Which is very cool cuz that would help you in an argument when you were saying, "Yeah, but he only did it when he was playing with this guy." Oh, keep- did he? Yeah. And then you go, "Yeah, well, he played with this guy for these 4 years and look at his shooting percentage." That'll be good for pulling stats and patterns yeah. and windows yeah. of time. That's interesting cuz that crossed my mind recently. I was like, "What's a good way to get that?" Cuz you always wonder when you see those obscure stats that come up during broadcasts and that come up uh you know, on Twitter, if you follow Sportsnet or TSN stats, yeah, how you do they get those? How they, the researchers get those sorts of things and it's interesting. So the people who work for these uh, organizations, if you're a, you know, a media guy talking head on the TV or radio, you can actually contact these, these stats teams that they have working um, you know, on call pretty much all the time. And they can ask them for these snippets oh, yeah. of information. Uh, and these guys will dig up the, you know, the, the obscure facts and references that – you know, the only way you would find these things out is for specifically looking for them. Looking for them, and probably a lot of handwork. You got to be writing shit down and remembering things. Having the resources like like that, though, I'm yeah. sure. And yeah. you know, I I would imagine they're all accessing things from the NHL archive as well. All right, UFAs. Yeah. Do we have time? Yeah, we got lots of time. Okay, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about 2019 pending UFAs. Interesting article I read in the Athletic talking about how there's so many UFAs that have gone unsigned and have remained unsigned going into December. So this is not a very common thing that we see. A lot of times guys get locked up in the summertime and when they're eligible on July 1st. Right. Uh, you'll see some guys early in the season maybe getting a contract. Um, you'll still see some after Christmas as well, but I guess there's just such a a plethora of players available. And one of the theories was the John Tavares theory that people saw a, a player finally leave where hockey players are known to be incredibly loyal and yes. often don't make moves and take risks. So we have a, a huge, Broke the mold. a huge batch of, you know, very talented and a lot of them young UFAs coming up uh, this coming spring or I guess summer, sorry. So I'm going to go through some of these names, and we're going to rapid fire here. Uh, say whether they sign with their team or they leave. Whew. Okay. So number one, Eric Carlson. Leaves. I'd say leave. Where, I wonder. Oh, that's going to be the stories going. Yeah, we those, those stories <laughs> will kick up. Like we're going to have summer trade deadline. Yeah, we'll have summer. Episodes. No, yeah, that'll be, that'll be there'll be lots of speculation. Oh, on on He'll be the most talked about for hold sure. Hold on a second, I'm going to write these down. You actually like, gonna write these yeah, down. I like when we do these. Okay. So, uh, Coley, let's go. Um, okay. E. Whoops. E. K. Leave, and you're saying leave yeah. as well. Next one's Jeff Skinner. Stays. Stays. Buffalo can afford him. Next one, Mark Stone. Leaves. Oh, wait, no. No. 
no, he's staying. I think he's going to stay Stone too. Is staying. Sorry, I, you know, I, I know, originally I, I didn't think I he would, that. but I've changed my mind on that. I think he legitimately likes playing there. I just think he I think he is a dynamic player in the sense that he brings it like with his talent on the ice, but then he's got this like fucking passion and determination to prove people wrong. And I think he likes playing there. He only knows it there, right? Seems to be. So So his fellow teammate Matt Duchesne. Oh, he gone. I think he's gone too. He gone. Okay, well, are we gonna disagree on anything here? I don't or? know. It just shows Fuck how six. well informed we are on these things. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't even prepare for this. So I'm just saying it when you when you say it. So okay, our what ten- have we done? We've done EK, Skinner, Stone, Stone Duchesne. Duchesne. Next is, one. Duchesne is gone. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah, we already did that. And how about what do you think about Artemi Pernarin? Oh, the bread man. Okay, so I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I think that they do everything within their power to re-sign Bobrovsky, which means they lose Panarin. Right. So I think effectively that makes sense because he comes in on the packing order. Um, It seems to me that all signs point towards him being gone. But I think you're right. They'll try. Oh, I think so. But I think Bobrovsky takes priority. Takes priority. So So he's gone. gone as well. Still no agreements. Anyone else? Bobrovsky. Next. Okay, well, then by the exact same reasoning, I'll say that he stays. I'll say he goes too. Oh, <laughs> there see, we go. But that's fine, though, because I, I appreciate I see Columbus I, getting screwed. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that argument or that side that, that they could lose both. And then, man, oh, man. Which would be awful, but I I don't know. They should be making a I trade. I don't know why, but I, I get the feeling that it's not going to go well for them. I'm I'm addicted that to That seems to be the storyline as well. So you're saying gone. I'm addicted to this uh Bobrovsky for Murray thing. Hmm. Because you know you know Rutherford is okay with making questionable trades. Yeah, but it's your Columbus, you're not making divisional trades like that, I don't think either. Yeah, but what are they gonna do again? They just are they gonna make are they a playoff team? Are they gonna make playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna make yeah, playoffs. They're so gonna they're gonna make playoffs and do what exactly? Who knows? <laughs> That's playoffs for you, though. All right, our good old buddy, Jake the Snake. Gardner? Jake Gardner. He's gone? gone? Yeah. I think he's probably gone, unfortunately. As much, they'll try, but I I don't know if it's going to work out because it's a chance to make money. Well, we were laughing at, I think you were in the other room last night, Tuesday Night Hockey, but um, we were laughing. I was saying that maybe it's possible that his agent has no idea, but Jake knows that if he plays really well, Gets all these fucking points. He's going to be... My mic just nice. fucked off. That was almost my meltdown. But if he plays really well and puts up all these points, then he's definitely not going to be able to stay because he'll be he'll be worth too much, right? Yeah. He's maybe texting with Nylander. Nylander's like, man, if you want to stick around, you just got to be like four, 30, 35-point guy and just, <laughs> you know, just hang around and make like 4.5. Take 4.5, you know, and then you can hang around with us. Because yeah. it's just weird. It's like, I don't know if someone's gotten to him, whether like the coaching staff or training or skating coach or whatever, but he's just looked better. I think he's looked better this year, but he's not standing out. Like, I don't mean better because he's not getting the points. He's and he's playing, an offensive he's guy. He's been playing safer. Yes. Yeah. He still does Jake things. Oh, yeah. Um, but There's still ge- good Jake, bad Jake out there. Yeah. But generally speaking, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just because the team as a whole is a lot better. But I'm I'm yelling at my screen a lot less 
when he makes decisions with the puck. Well, that's nice of you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's how I it's how I gauge how the game is going. All so, right, so you're we saying talking Gar- about him earlier. Gardner's what, gone. Wayne right? Simmons. Simmons, I'll say gone. I'm gonna say gone too. Yeah, it's gone. his chance Probably to make money as well. Gone at the deadline. It could be, could be, could be. Uh, ends up in another market, and then somebody inks him to a contract. Joe Pavelski, longtime San Jose Shark sniper. Oh man, I'd almost want to get into his stats, but we're going rapid fire. Aren't he's we? he's a perennial thirty goal guy. That's all you need to know. I think he'll stay. He would command a pretty penny out I there. I think he'll stay. I think so too. It doesn't seem people are too eager to leave California. He'll do the big Joe thing. <laughs> yeah. Like Marlowe left. Joe was like torn and didn't. And they're still good. I mean, you don't see people wanting to get out of that team. No, they're perennially good. Yeah. They're perennially not good enough, though. Yeah. But I don't think that stops someone from... They always have a chance. Jordan Eberle. Eberle? Whew, that's an interesting one, too. I think he sticks around. Think he stays? Yeah, I think I'm he stays. I'm going to say go just because I think he's played for shit teams long enough. Yeah, but who's going to bring him on? I guess it doesn't matter. I doesn't. guess that, that that's yeah. not the question. That's not the question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cam Talbot, who's floundering in Edmonton's net. I feel like I have to put him on another team just because of how things have gone. I'm going to say stay because he's not that easy to replace. They mm, would have to make point. quite the deal to to pull something off to bring someone else in, and I don't mm. think that uh, that backup there. Is the answer. Uh, next one's Anders Lee, another New York. Oh, you Islander. mean Koskinen? You talk about Koskinen? Yeah. See, man, they're talking about Koskinen. Like he's a fucking huge man. Yeah. Like he's really big in that net. They've been talking. I heard them talking about him on the radio. I don't think you're going to go all in on him though, uh, if you're Edmonton. Yeah, Not good point. Anyway. Yeah, good point. Especially because Talbot has proven that he that he can. He do can it, do it. It's right? just. When, to, yeah. yeah, when's it going to happen? Is he more of a Reimer guy or can he figure it out? Oh, right, no, but Reimer proved that he could Reimer do it. But he proved he could do it once too. And then yeah, we, thought, and we thought he could do it, but then he can't. Yeah. So. Anders Lee. Oh, he's, oh he's, he's staying. You think he's staying? Yeah, he's staying. Yeah, he must like it there. But I'm going to say go just because he's an underrated goal scorer and teams pay top dollar for goals. Yeah, good point. There. So if he makes it to July 1, I see him taking a ride somewhere else. Someone who will throw top dollars at him to be, you know, to continue hopefully to score goals. That's a really good point. Uh, Rangers star Matt Zuccarello. How old is he? I didn't want to say he's in his mid to late 20s. Yeah, okay, 26, yeah. 28, so yeah. low high. Age. I think he stays. He loves it there. It's fucking New York City. It's New York City. It's it's tough to leave, and yeah, I, I'd say I picture him staying. Maybe I don't picture him anywhere else, just because that's where he's always been, and he's been relatively successful there. And I I really enjoyed that article. Uh, I actually meant to look it up, talking about his roots and and uh, how how amazing of a time that he's having playing for the Rangers. How much he enjoys it, and. How big of a thrill it is to be at Madison, Madison Square Garden. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah like he plays at Madison. You got Square a pretty Garden. good deal, and you got to think if you're the Rangers, you're going to want to retain that guy. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Last one is Varlamov. Last in one, Colorado. Varlamov. I mean, I don't know who else they, who else they have. To he's, be. Too, he's another case of too hard to replace. Yes. And if you're a Colorado, you want to stay competitive. You got, you need him. But here's the thing, though. Like, we're talking UFAs, correct? Like, yep. they can go wherever they want. And yep. if they're not locked up prior, they're going to see some money. 
Well, and some I, teams are going to need some goalies, man. I see a lot more of these guys testing the waters, at least going to July one, and they may stay with their teams. But I, I see, see what them you mean, going yeah. to July one because it only drives up their price, right? Yeah. Why would you not? Like people in what universe would you not do that? People say that for years, but it goes back to the whole loyalty thing among yeah. NHL hockey players. It's true though, because if you wait till July first, in a way, for sure, in a way, you're kind of like saying "fuck you" a little bit. Well, and <laughs> like, your first offer is you know not good I mean? enough, and I'm going to hear out everyone else because now they have that offer period. What is it, four or five days in the lead up to July one, where they can begin talking to other teams? Yeah, and I think that that's why it's probably really imperative for players to. And agents, of course, camps. Let's use camps. I think it's important for camps to avoid telling teams what their actual number is. Right. Because then if the cap goes up and the team's like, hey, we'll give that to you. You're like, oh, uh, well. Oh, oh, well uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll just. So it's better off, I think, for the entire like business side of it from the NHL NHLPA, from the P- Players Association side, to just avoid that conversation until we get there. Just assume that every player goes to July 1. And then figure it out. But it's weird. I've I've heard this talked about in mainstream media lots of times before, Lesko, and it's a good point. Teams treat the last year of a UFA deal like it's like some fucking panic. The, the player is still under contract. He's still under contract for your team. But then everyone goes crazy. There's news. There's media. There's people interviewing the guy all the fucking time, microphone in his face, talking about trading. Think about your contract. Think about your contract. contract. Oh, you're going to get traded at the deadline. Team's not looking so hot lately. Is it nice to light it up in a contract year? Yeah. Like, just relax. Like, I signed my contract. I think a lot of that is media-driven. It's that it's a story for them. It's, what's a contract year? What's a contract year? They always got to remind you of that because that's... That's what they do, and right? TSN trade bait. Yeah. Oh, they, you're the number you, one You're on automatically list. on trade bait if you're a pending UFA and there, there's been no negotiations because they're not negotiating during the season or something like that. But then if you look in the recent, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but I think if we were to look at recent trades involving pending UFAs, like teams don't necessarily get the value for that player because everyone understands that he is unsigned. But I don't understand why the player's value drops just because he is unsigned for the following year like what like what was he going to break his knee like things are going to be fine you know hopefully he doesn't get injured but you're going to sign him to an extension or whatever but i find that uh i find that strange that final year of that contract can really make for like a sticky situation between the player the team the media the fans everything well you know most of that uh tension i imagine is going to be focused on Eric Carlson uh, in the coming months. It's going to be doubt. fun, I think. That's going to be a fun free agent watch. Because do you think that he is like, like, you know, done or or or, or really on a decline? Or... No, I don't think so. I think I don't he's going think so through either. an adjustment. Me too. I think so too. And I mean, I think <laughs> I feel like I might think this mostly because I have him in one of my pools, and I actually I have him in two of my three pools. I need. Him to you be need better. those points. Yeah, because man, like like I told you already, in one of them I'm in first, and in the other one I'm in third. And I have EK on both of those teams who has been doing nothing. nothing yeah. So if in the second half all of a sudden he starts being EK again, I'm gonna be I'm gonna walk maker. away with those pools. Yeah. One of them I have Mo Riley too. Beautiful. Riley and EK. Make I thought, it making it up for you. I thought for sure I was just gonna run away with yeah, it when right. when Think. Mo started hot. And I thought, okay, a couple games for EK, no big deal. But I mean it's more than a couple games now. Yeah, Twenty five games in. 
So, well, that's why I asked you if you thought maybe he was like, you know, not Eric Carlson anymore. You don't think so at all. I, I give him the benefit of the doubt. I like that. I like that. You know what else I like? Break. So we're going to go to break. And by we're going to go to break, I mean, we're going to be gone for like eight seconds and then we'll be right back. But we're going to take a quick fiver. And then what are we doing? Leafs? Lots of Leafs. Lots of hot, hot takes on the Leafs coming in this last week. Oh, we got them for you. All right. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Episode 14, Pucks in Deep podcast, Adam and Josh. At Coleman42, at Lesko Adam, and at Puck Pod. You can find us and join the conversation on Twitter. And we appreciate the uh, follows and the feedback that we've been getting online. It's fun. The tweets are rolling. I should be a little bit more active, but it's fun. I like it. Hit us up. You got something to say? You got questions? Text? Email? Phone call, Facebook, carrier pigeon, whatever you want. Smoke signals, sure. <laughs> Speaking of smoke signals, <laughs> we got a deal. <laughs> All right, um, where are we going? We're going Leafs. What do you want to start? Well, this is where go? the passion really comes out, right? Yeah, the Leafs. <laughs> so, of course, the world was collapsing over the last couple of weeks. Their, I would say, sloppy play has kind of caught up with them, with the back-to-back losses. The they first sucked. one coming out against Detroit where they looked like in the third period in that game, they just went, yeah, I guess, yeah, well, I guess we'll try and win. Tied it up, ended up losing an OT. I got a good story for you on that one. I texted my buddy and uh, I guess he's like my bookie because he lays bets for me. I don't have an account, but I just give him money. Right. So I said, what are the odds for the Leafs to come back? Uh, and it was first minute like the puck was just dropping and he says uh 10 times your bet so i'm like fuck it give me 20 on it he's like all right i jumped in for five sends me the screenshot 200 bucks if i if i win and what a third like what a great time for me it was so fun. So, I, do you win by them just coming back and tying it? Or no, 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 win. win. No, no, it was win. It was okay, outright okay. win, shootout, whatever. So, just out, outright win. So, come back to win, and and it was two hundred dollars. So they score, and then they score, and they score, and like fuck, like here it is, man. And there was still time. Like we didn't tie the game with a minute left in that game. Like we tied it with with like whatever it was. I think it was like six minutes left. Yeah, there was time. So and we were rolling. They were I was pouring so it on. Oh, I was so confident, man. I was like, we're winning this thing in regulation. That's what it was looking like. And I'm like texting buddy. I'm like, man, I'm texting him the emoji with the the two eyeballs, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just have a look, right? And and the, he doesn't like the Leafs, so um, he he texts me after. He said, win win for me, because <laughs> he would have won some cash too. And but uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. I even said I was texting with the guys in uh, one of our chat groups and 
they were all pissed off. I said, boys, I just laid 20 down on the Leafs coming back, and then they're fucking doing it. And they were like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then boom, you know, they're coming back. And then when they tied the game, everybody's messaging the group chat in capital letters, like, oh, my, like, Coley, like, you're doing it. And I'm just sending the money signals in. Like, I didn't care. Like, it was just a fun bet. And, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've spent $20 on worse things. But I was actually feeling like they were going to be able to come back in that well, game because we can change the game what I enjoy, in seconds. What I enjoy about this Leafs team is that down 2 nothing, 3 nothing, even 4 nothing, Still in it. You're still in it until there's not enough time to score. I know. And that's what nice. makes this team very enjoyable. In years past, you may have shut off. You know, when they give up two or three goals in the first period, you would have shut the game off. Yeah, back I hear you. I hear oh, you. yeah, typical East. Oh, yeah, just that's it. But, I mean, <laughs> having them uh, having them at least come back, fight back, was nice, show a little bit of character, but doesn't really erase the shit game. Bit of a tough start for our buddy uh, Garrett Sparks there. So, Oh, my God. He's terrible. He's not terrible. Yeah, he is. No, yeah, he's he is. not. Yes, he is. You can't call him terrible. Well, he's in an the ama- NHL. He's an amazing goalie. You're terrible. He's yeah, not I'm terrible. terrible. <laughs> but he's an amazing goalie. Like, he's a good goaltender. He's just terrible when he starts. And he, he can't. That's not good. <laughs> he, he, he's not good, man. Like, I, I get mad when people say that Jake Gardner is terrible. I will never say that Jake Gardner is terrible. I will be like, what a terrible play. You know, he had a terrible game. But that's different. Like, I'm not saying that he is a terrible hockey player. I'm saying that he played terribly. And those two things might be this might be the same to you. They're not to me. So when I say Garrett Sparks is terrible, I mean you he really mean it. He I just mean like he like he's obviously good at keeping the puck out of the net, generally speaking. But then he gets the starts and he just can't do it. I know he's an unconventional goaltender, but I expect I expect a little better out of him. And what was we'll he see. doing? It's pre- he's in the, he's in a tough situation and probably a situation he hasn't been in for a number of years or maybe ever. Whereas you're not playing for like three weeks at a time, three or four weeks at a time. What was he doing on the? I think it was was it a late second period goal there, the one that they passed it through the slot and he got there, but then he stayed in his net. Like he, he was hugging the right post and the shooter looked up and the shooter had like two and a half feet of net on the glove side. Cause I guess Sparksy thought that the shot was going to come immediately or something. But then when it didn't, he didn't change his positioning. He just stayed there. And the shooter was like, Oh, I think it might've been Nyquist. And he was just like, Oh, okay. And, and basically just shot it into the open net. Like the way I do on Tuesday night hockey. It was too easy for them, that's for sure. <laughs> it was so you bad. expect better, and you know like, how Babcock is with his his backup goaltenders too. He wants to see strong play because he doesn't ask a lot, but when he when you're called upon, you need to get it done, and he hasn't so far. Well, I was really upset with Babcock for not bringing Freddie to start the third, because I felt I felt that by not bringing Freddie, it it showed that the Leafs were fine with losing the game. Which I didn't like to see. I, I, but don't, if you look, I don't think sorry, that's the say, case. Because let me finish. If you look at that game on the schedule, it, it is an okay like it is an okay game to circle and be like, fuck, we can kind of just half-ass it and maybe get a and point. And I'm sure they're thinking that going into the game that here's you know a Detroit team that doesn't anywhere near stock up. Yeah, we're not so, losing two points to Tampa or but Boston. I, I, but, like, man, how can you not bring Freddie for just 20 minutes? Because like, I, I don't think I don't think he put all the blame on Freddie because the play wasn't good either. Sparks, you mean? It, it, sorry, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't put it all on Sparks by 
by giving them hook. I think, but he let in bad goals. In terms of an experience, the time to pull him would have been after, like right after the the last bad goal. Conan in third period, let him grind through it. He's got to learn. I guess. And I mean, I look like an idiot now because we nearly came back and won, and Sparks was fan- he was fantastic. He settled down. He settled. Well, I mean, yeah, 40, eventually, forty some minutes later. But my point there is that I still felt as a fan that we were still in the game, especially if we came back with Freddie to start the third. I and, let's, were, and let's just say I we start rolling. We're in it anyway, and I'm sure Babcock felt felt that way too. Whereas he's like, I don't need to change the goaltender in order for my team to score four goals. Yeah, good point. Yeah, but the point is there though is like I can allow my team to go out there and score four goals if I say boys go ahead start free wheel and everywhere. Yeah. But then we're probably going to give one up, and if we're going to give one up, we're going to need a goalie back there that's going to make the fucking save. Mm-hmm. And Garrett Sparks was not making the saves. Yeah. Fred and he wants to stick with the plan, whereas it's get Freddie a little more rest than he did last year, and I think that's why we saw. Sparks starting yeah. in a situation on board. that was not back to back. I'm on board with that, but I mean, man, if Freddie goes down, we are beyond fucked. Oh yeah, that's well known. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, in, I guess the other notable thing out of that game was Matthews getting pasted by Cronwall, which you know, if you saw it, it, it looked it was terrifying. Like I was mad. I threw my slipper across the room I... because I was real pissed because I thought you'd think the worst immediately. Yeah, I I I think I said no at various decibels 36 times <laughs> like it was a strong no 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 like yeah. oh man <laughs> like this was not good like my fiance is sitting on the couch we're watching the game together and i think she was just looking at her phone or whatever and then i'm just like no 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 and she's like what's wrong i was like matthew's like he's crumpled in the corner it's just like oh the elevator is falling down the shaft and like Facebook is fucking lighting up with math glass views or whatever. <laughs> Fuck. My pool is fucked. Just like your whole world's crashing oh, down. Oh man, you know, but no, I think he was the, okay. It's it's really good sign. I mean, we should be very happy with the fact that he stayed in the game and he continued to play and seemed to be fine because that was a pretty tough collision that he had with the board. So the fact that he endured that and didn't show didn't show like he was worse for wear. That's a that's well, a good sign. I don't think it was as bad as it looked to the naked eye. Maybe like, not, and because he kind of toe picked a little bit before. I was arguing with someone in the dressing room last night in hockey. Like he was saying that he just you know Matthews fell and there's nothing Cronwall could do. And I again I appreciate that point because I don't say I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm not really happy with the fact that Cronwall has to finish. Cronwall has to go out of his way. To finish, I understand the fact that he's like already moving forward, but there's also boards and glass there, and he can, you know, choose to, you know, softly go into the boards and glass. He doesn't have to finish Matthews, but he did anyway. So that that part I'm not overly pleased with, but I'm okay with it. It's overall a hockey play. I don't think that it's suspension worthy I was mad at the lack of response. I see, yes. I see that Riley went in yes. there gangbusters but he was a little late and then uh, I think he was being held off by the linesman. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, good for him for trying, I guess, but Yeah. I the lack of response was kind of a storyline coming out of that game and then of course the toughness conversation continued after the Bruins smacked us around for about half that game physically. Yes. And just smacked them around on the scoreboard too. Aggressively. Now how you tell me how, if you're the Leafs, you have this thing with Boston, right? 
It's you know ongoing rivalry. You seem to shit the bed in their building quite frequently. I mean, they embarrassed you in their ice last year in the playoffs. How does this team not get fired up for this game? Because they were they were they were god awful for the majority of it. I don't know, man. I think I attribute some of what you're talking about not being ready in a big moment. I'm kind of I guess it's a scapegoat answer in some ways, but the team is young. Like think about think about your ability to focus on major events when you were in your early 20s. You know, whether it be exams or interviews for work or something, something, you know, substantial that you can remember. Sure, you were able to, you know, put other things aside, but generally speaking, you were 21 or so. So a lot of the elite talent on this team is still trying to build character and getting fucking thrashed around sometimes builds character, I guess, at the end of it all. Well, if there's one thing we know about the Leafs is is what they are. They're a speed and skill team, right? They're not built to be tough or gritty or anything. And they've, they've you know, that if you're going to talk about a well-rounded team, that would be one department they certainly lack in. Absolutely. But I don't see them making any drastic changes. So these guys and these young guys are going to have to learn how to, A, deal with this and B, be nasty back. Yeah, but how then do you dish le- it out a little bit? How do you too. learn how to deal with something that you're not comfortable? Because you with. think about some guys like say Nylander and and Matthews, they they come up you know through hockey and they don't have to deal with this, especially with how uh, how little physicality there is in the game, especially at the minor league level, junior levels. Right. You have to learn how to deal with this stuff that occurs at the NHL level which is drastically different from anything you're going to see in the minor league levels. And you being a dominant player and, you know, way better than your peers, whereas the talent gap is much smaller in the NHL. I mean, guys like Marner in junior hockey, nobody could touch him. But people can touch you in the NHL. Yeah, and we saw that Saturday night where they, they purposely yeah. went, you're their leading scorer, you're the best player right now, and they went after him. Charlie McAvoy cross-checked Mitch Marner into the boards headfirst, on what the first shift of the game? Yeah, I didn't watch the early part. So you, you can see, see how that. they how the Bruins they had a game plan, and it was to it was to you know get in the the faces of the, of the Leafs stars, and the Leafs didn't respond until Kadri dropped the mitts. What was it midway through the second or something yeah. like that, trying to fire the boys up? Yeah. No, I don't know, man. It's for me though. You're not really talking about the the talent. You're talking about the toughness, and I don't know how you can just ask a player that is not tough to be tough. I think it just comes with learning how to play at that level. I mean, you're not going to be, you know, be necessarily tougher as in you could not fight. And now you can fight. I'm more talking about learning, not how, being to, learning how to deal with this, because if you're going to get into the playoffs and knock off 16 wins to win the Stanley cup, that shit is a grind and it's a completely different game. And I want to throw it back to that comment that, I believe Babcock made in the post game against Detroit where they were talked about the lack of response physically. And he's like, well, we're not, you know, we're not going to, that's not our style. That's not our game. We're going to get you on the power play instead. Right. Well, they had two power plays against Boston. Yeah. Two, right. In a game where Boston, you know, 
Push own, them around. Own them. Yeah. Own them physically. There had to have been some right? more infractions. So, is yeah, what and, you're saying. but like you said, it goes back to your point that these are young players and they're going to learn. This is going to be part of their evolution as a player. So my word of the day then is intimidation. So you think they're being intimidated? I think so. I don't think that questions their toughness. I think it's a totally different word. It is a different word. That's why there's two words. There's toughness and there's intimidation. They don't necessarily go hand in hand, but generally speaking, someone is intimidated by someone that is tougher than them. And a lot of could could be mental too, just because Boston has had their number. Mind you, the Leafs had good regular season success against them last year where you thought you shook it, but that all went to shit in the playoffs, right? Well, and I guess to a certain degree, yeah. The interesting thing about the NHL is that it's probably the only professional sport where the playoffs are almost completely different than the regular season. Yeah. We can, and the Leafs, we don't have anything to be fired up about. They're second in the NHL right now, doing just fine. But you can come first in the NHL, second in the NHL, the Washington Capitals show us for for years and flame out in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And if you if you look at the style of hockey that's played in the playoffs, the Leafs aren't necessarily built for that. No, no, that's I've been I've been singing this song for a while now. The team is fantastically skilled. But in a seven-gamer, we will be beaten in the alleys, and then we'll probably be beaten on the scoreboard. Yeah, because right now, the way it is. today, say the Leafs are playing Boston first round in a seven-game series, do they win? Probably not. Probably not. That's probably that's not. my uh, Of the teams that I would fear the most going into the playoffs, it would be Washington and Boston, and they're probably the toughest teams and most well-rounded teams. Because look, yeah, an example about the Leafs is that they have too many, I shouldn't say too many, because you can't say too much skill in a team, but they have a lot of the same type of players. Yes, absolutely. Right? If you're playing the video game, the video game is not going to be happy with the way you've constructed your lineup. Right, right. And I'm not I'm not like, okay, the, let, let me retract that, because the lineup is fantastic. Well, okay, our lines ba- are amazing. In terms of balance. Yeah, though. balance, yeah. flow, synergy, I believe is what it was called in NHL 17 when yeah. they first came out with it. You wanted to put a playmaker with a grinder and a sniper, and that gave you your perfect chemistry. Right, right, yeah. Or whatever it was. And generally speaking, that kind of makes sense. And the Leafs have seen it for years, Lesko, with Hyman being the grinder, mucker, puck freer, Willie Nylander basically being the playmaker, and Matthews being the finisher. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Nylander and Matthews kind of flip-flop that narrative you know, from time to time, they'll set each other up, which is quite nice. But the 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 general idea that 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 you know having different styles of players throughout the lineup can be beneficial to you is only proven every June when a pretty fucking tough ass guy that can fill the net lifts the puck or lifts, well, lifts well, the cup. Devonte Smith Pelly is a great example of the way he played in the playoffs last year. A physical force, a big guy, and you know. Scored uh, at a much higher rate than he normally does, but found a way to contribute in the playoffs because he creates space for himself and his and his line mates out there. Uh, you know, I don't want to rag on a guy like Connor Brown, but he's an example of a guy who's in a checking role, but is not fully dedicated to that style. Well, it's, it's just it's he's he's another guy who is the same template that they've used throughout the lineup. Uh, he's a fast skill guy. But he's in a checking role. Kapanen, yeah. Janssen, Brown, Hyman. And you know right? what? This has been a common Levo, a common criticism of Dubas' teams with the Sault Samer Greyhounds, with the AHL Marlies of not being tough enough. And right. he's and he's always stuck to his 
his guns and stuck to his plan. So I don't see them making a, a drastic change or anything. And I, and I'm not talking about bringing in guys who can fight. We're way past that. There's no, not, no, no, we're not bringing back yeah, Matt Martin. You can't just beat the shit out of people anymore. It's no, not we're not bringing back goes. Matt Martin. No, we're talking. Not. We're talking Wayne Simmons, Tom uh, yes. Wilson, and and those are probably the two tops. And then after that, you'd have Ryan Reeves. Yeah, that's the type of player that that I think we're more referring to is the guys who can contribute. Or they're more well-rounded, I should say. It's the best way to 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 describe but it. But why can't we kill two birds with one stone and get a defenseman that can bring it in the intimidation, grit, toughness, being a plus player because he's making right decisions? That's what I thought there. was interesting about Cromwell. That type of guy to have on your back end yes. who can nail guys. Bring it. I miss I personally I miss the the hitting aspect. I mean, you see a little more in different games and obviously a little more in the playoffs, but the Leafs don't hit. No, the Leafs don't hit. And it was nice to see them get back to, to Boston cuz at least they decided to respond and some of that might have been based on the criticism they heard of them on themselves oh, in the media being like, you know what, it. we can stand up for ourselves and this is a good time to do it. And I'm sure they had that talk in the locker room that hey guys, we can't get we can't get smacked around here. No. So Kadri dropped the mitts. Uh, we saw Hyman, who, well, he got suspended. Yeah, okay, well, we'll, fine. Was, that's where I was going. This, with where, this is where this whole thing was going to culminate because Hyman goes out there and tries to do something about it. Game's pretty much over in terms of the scoreboard, and he rocks DeBrusque. No, McAvoy. Or sorry, McAvoy. And I was fired up about it. I was right fired up. And then he, and he tags Buddy who comes after him. Yeah. Beats the crap out of him. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, It Zach was Hyman. excellent, yeah. It was, I, you know, I was cheering and everything. I fucking love Hyman, man. Oh, yeah, and uh, just another reason. Another I love reason. Zach Hyman. Like, I'm I'm probably getting a jersey because the guy, I, I just don't remember ever a time in my life that wasn't an offensive opportunity. I'm taking offensive opportunity out of it. Like, I know scoring is important and everything, Talking about when he had- yeah, like when he doesn't score, when it's right. like, oh come on, how could how could you not put that in? I don't give a shit about that because Matthews is scoring forty fucking goals. So like Hyman not scoring one time isn't gonna make or break. If it's game seven and it was right on the goal line and he obviously should have put it in, I'm gonna be pissed. But generally speaking, I don't remember ever a time when I've been like, oh my god, Hyman, you idiot. I've never said he had a bad game. What are you sure. doing? Well, the team has collectively had bad games, but. He's not throwing it into the middle blindly. He's not, you know, being a complete flyby four checker. He is always disrupting something, whether it be physically or a good stick check or even just sometimes he's there. He's just a he's just a body, which means that the breakout goes the other way. And guess who's the other way? Well, it's not the other team's leading score. Little things like that. You break the puck up the left side because their guy is on the right side. So what did you think about the hit? Well, I didn't like the hit. It was late. It was dangerous. I don't think it was a suspendable hit, which See, seems contradicting. I, but... I don't think it was suspendable, but I knew he was getting suspended. Did you? Just because well, I well, knew. He had the I just know how the league operates now. Like I've kind of come to expect when they're going to suspend someone. Yeah. And I didn't think the hit was very late, only because if McVoy was paying attention and absorbed that hit – like Most, it happens all the time. I know that's People what I get was hit. saying. It was yeah. it was no more than a fraction of a second yeah. longer than you know. It was only it was late though. It was, it was just over a late, second, but it was interference but late. Two if, minutes. If he didn't knock him over there and and 
McAvoy takes that hit. They would not have called interference on that. That play happens all I agree. the time. I agree. So if he wasn't asleep or admiring his pass or whatever he was doing, you know, Hyman just woke him up from a nap. Yeah. And I, so that's that's why I was disappointed. But it this, wasn't a suspension. This and this is why it's a suspension, Bullshit. I believe, because it was less to do with the interference aspect. I believe it was interference because they had to call something on it because he didn't hit him in the head and he didn't hit him from behind. Right, but so, he was down like a sack. Yeah, he was down for a while and I guess coming off injury, but I don't give a shit about that, and near, nor should the NHL And when it yeah, comes to do. suspension decisions. But they do. They think that you think they actually factor in injuries? Oh, for sure, yeah. No, I mean injuries on the hit. I mean prior injury history. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, because that oh, is okay. nothing. I don't That's care if he's coming off an injury. Maybe but not. It's this, hard to ignore. This is a uh, hit is a perfect in, uh, insight in how the NHL has changed, uh, probably most notably in the last five years. Yeah. And that the onus is no longer on the player to defend themselves. No. The reason why Hyman was suspended is because McAvoy was vulnerable and Hyman didn't let up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hyman did have an opportunity to not do what he did. Exactly. He and could have avoided it. And, and that's, that's that is probably why. And he's that's sitting. the way the NHL is now, is that you're not to take advantage of a vulnerability of another but player. I got into a huge debate fucking online on Facebook or something like that. Buddy's like, You're just drinking the blue Kool-Aid with the blue glasses on. And it's just like, man, like actually talk about it. Like, let's debate about it here. If you want to go, let's go. Because it's not about that. Like for me, it was just I felt like the suspension was only had, like you said, because of who it was on. One, like being Charlie McAvoy. And number two, well, probably number one, actually. I watch a lot of hockey, man. Like, fiance is away at school. Like, she's home now for holidays, but she's away at school. So I'm watching hockey, like, every goddamn night. Play a little gaming here and there. But I watch a lot of puck. And I see that exact same play. The defenseman fires it around the boards, and he gets rubbed out. Sometimes... It's aggressive. And I have said, I think even on the podcast before, that I can't believe that there aren't more serious injuries. The way that some of these players go into the boards at high rates of speed and they stop like right before the boards and then they're board playing each other. That's they why know, they're in the NHL. They know how to absorb a hit. Yeah, right? that's why they're in the NHL. There's only 720 I see what you're some saying. players. That play happens all yeah, the time. Yeah, and sometimes they're moving. I think the other thing that didn't bode well for Hyman was that was that McAvoy was stationary. Right. So that didn't help either because Hyman was definitely moving at a decent rate of speed and Hyman was fully stationary. If Hyman was moving along with him a little bit, yeah, if he, he was with like, him, yeah. he could have like hit him and then Mac- it would have it would have been more on McAvoy because he was too. already kind of engaged with him. Yeah, if if that was the situation. if they were moving, yeah, but yeah. he kind of comes out of nowhere on the blind side, and I think it has most to do with that word. I think it's the blind side. Yeah, yeah and they, that, they they've been wanting to get the blind side hit out of hockey since Crosby and Steck. Yeah, and that's and that's vulnerability. It goes back to that. You're not to you know murder guys when they're not paying attention. Whereas yeah. before it was, oh, keep your head up. I think the worst that part was the about old it, philosophy. I think the worst part about it too for Hyman specifically is that. Unfortunately for him, it's on his record now. So well, he's not he's a dirty be player. Care. No, and that's what I, I mean. I saw a lot of commentary like, "Oh, Hyman's dirty, blah blah." Coming out of Boston, right? But like, he's not a dirty player at all. But now but he's got to be you careful. Know what? So here, bad hit, absolutely. But I liked it. 
I know. I did like it as well. I was I, pumped. I was pumped. I was pumped. And you know what? McAvoy, why don't you not cross-check Mariner from behind if you don't want to get decked? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, and McAvoy. It was, it was much later in the game, and he did it when the game was out of reach. He, you know, nobody went after him right away. You know what? I'm I'm completely okay with it. A couple old. of games... I you know I thought two games was a little much. I expected maybe one. one. Yeah, I especially I, maybe I'm more disappointed because they play the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow, and and he's a crucial guy for that team. Whether or not he's not a superstar and he's not a huge name that you talk about every day, right? But he plays a huge role in that team, and if you want to you want to have your best squad out there against you know the best team in the NHL, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, what are we saying, man? You want to do? Uh, a little bit more here. I think we're. I had a little comment on Nylander, I guess, on his uh, return. Talk a little bit about the f- our little flow baby. I, I have actually, like, I have visually seen improvement. Yeah, I absolutely. really have. I really have, and that's not just hopeful or whatever. Like, I do have him in in a pool again. A lot of my, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of my talk comes back to fantasy, but I don't know. I've actually seen some improvements. I yeah. think he's getting some wheels a little bit and a little softer. With the puck, and we saw a nice, soft uh, sauce pass over to Marlowe there. Yeah, he had a couple of nice apples last night in that comeback. Uh, or sorry, I, should, uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, bounce back yeah, game bounce against back Carolina win, yeah. last night. So that was really nice to see. I In the game against Boston on Saturday, he was, he was decent. And maybe appeared better because Austin and Tavares took the night off. Yeah, they did. So he was actually... One of our better players, I found, in terms of getting his skating going. And, you know, usually he's a zone entry specialist for us, right? So yep. I was happy to see him start carrying the puck, uh, get the feet moving a little more, because that was the one of the main things I noticed is that he was a little sloppy and not skating to his full potential in the early going. Yeah, I, th- those are the two things for me that I've seen the most. Are uh, I think he's getting his stride back. I had a friend of mine recently text me and said, ah, I played hockey uh, the other night, and I think I found my stride. And I I laughed because I know that that's a saying. I've heard that before, but I've never really considered it before. But I like it. When you're coming off of a long hiatus, for us it's the summer or whatever. Players, sometimes it's with injuries. Sometimes I, I guess I understand that. You really find your stride, like how quick you do your crossovers or how you pivot or whatever the case may be. Some something clicks and then all of a sudden you've you've really found your full stride and you're moving very efficiently which is obviously super important at the NHL level trying to get in and out of traffic we saw that one Nylander that one Nylander goal where he like dangled in between three I think they were Montreal Canadian players and they all converged on him and somehow he came out the other side and it looked like a magic trick like someone should have hit him but he came out the other side and it was just I don't think he scored so it didn't end up being like a amazing highlight but it was just crazy how he managed to maneuver his way in between three players and they all hit each other and he came out scot-free so he's got incredible vision when he's carrying the puck yeah he's a good mover like he skates really well so i think that's what i've seen improve the most and i like that that's one of his biggest strengths so for me that's what i want to see uh come along much quicker as the the games go on i give him i'd say about a week and I would expect him to start rounding out in a form and hopefully start resuming first-line minutes. Yeah, first-line minutes with Matthews getting, what, 17, 17-plus 17 per game? Yeah, do you think uh, 
Do you think Janssen's earned the opportunity to stay up there? I think he's been pretty good. I think he's been very good. He's been picked up in a lot of fantasy pools, so that well, bodes I well. I think it was last I checked, seven points in his last eight games, yeah. and uh, that's playing in a top six role for the most part. So. Yeah, on a team that can score. Yeah. But obviously. I mean, Kapanen, Kapanen kind of by default gets you know, gets the nod, right? And but I'm okay with that too. I'm okay. I'm okay with either. I, I like both those players and what they bring. So I think they both have uh, have the skill set to to uh, complement the top line and get it done. Perfect. All right, man. What are you saying? Let's get the hell out of here. We're getting the hell out of here. All right. We'll play us off like the Oscars, I guess, then. So it's been another great edition of the Pucks and Deep podcast. Episode 14. Um, next week. We're still on for next week. Eh? Yeah. Next week will be. Yeah, we haven't been canceled quote. yet, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. So next week. Uh, we're going to try and tee up a World Junior segment. So we're thinking maybe, uh, unless something crazy happens with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, maybe uh, sub out our Leaf segment for a World Junior segment. We'll, we'll tee up the teams, and then and then we're going to bring a caller in. I think he's going to be available. Looking forward to it. So that's next week. That'll be episode 15. Make sure you tune in. Um, shoot us a like, uh, give us a comment on uh, iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, wherever you download your podcasts. We are receiving some feedback here and there, and it's pretty positive. So we're pretty pumped about that. We're enjoying our opportunity to bring you our opinions. As shitty as they may seem, you're still tuning in, so they must be worth something. At PuckPod on Twitter, at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam. See you next week.